You remember what we were doing before we went into ISO? Can I have some more house lights up, guys? Is that all right? I feel like I can't see anyone. Um, we were sharing testimonies about the goodness of God in our lives, pointing to the testimony of Jesus. Do you remember that? Some of you that were here have participated in this. Well, we're going to do it again today, right now. But I should have warned you five minutes ago so you could get over your nerves before you come and share up here. And we're going to do a bit of sharing today, and we have got microphones that we will clean in between use. So you're not having this one, but one of these microphones you can use. to. So, And the reason I'm doing this is I need you up here because the people at home want to also enjoy your testimony, and they want to hear it, which means we need to speak into the microphone. Okay? So what I'm looking for is you to be stirred by God enough to get out of your seat and come up here and testify to the goodness of God in your life. What's Jesus done? What's, what's something in your life that's going to give him glory? Because we believe when we testify to the goodness of God and Jesus working in our lives, that we see it more and more, but also that it builds faith in others. You never know who's going to catch this online. See, look at that person right there. They're waiting for your testimony because it's exactly what they need. And I'm going to start, just to give you time, to get over your nerves and, and come up here. Um, so over the lockdown, uh, life was a little bit different for me, uh, but not a lot. But I really felt the, the need, to, the urgency to press in, to spend time with God and um, study. And um, one of the testimonies I gave several months ago was about when I was visiting a church ministering in Hamilton that I had a, an encounter uh, with a gift of the Holy Spirit that I'd never had before in my life. And one of the, um, one of the um, leaders of that church, uh, one of the elders, had, had prayed out this, this message in tongues. And if you know your Bible, you know that when that's done publicly for the edification of the church, it's because God has a, an interpretation so that the body is strengthened. And instantly in the front row, I had the interpretation. No doubt in my mind, no, no nerves, nothing. I just, I don't know how, because it's not here. But I instantly had the interpretation of what she'd prayed. And I was able to share that, and, and, and therefore the church was strengthened because God was at work through the gifts. Well, that was the last testimony I gave you about that. But the testimony this time is that what God had started to show me and speak to me is that he does want to speak through heavenly language and he does want the interpretation because it strengthens his church. It's in the Bible. Paul writes about it. Check it out. But what I also discovered is that, because I had this thought, I was like, well, can one interpret one's own message? And I thought, well, that's cheating. But it's not, really. Because there is no cognitive way when one prays in a heavenly language that you actually know what you are saying except by the Spirit of God. And then I found in Scripture, Paul actually says not just to pray for the gift of tongues, but to pray for the ability to interpret it. And then I found a testimony because I've been studying revival through lockdown and one particular booklet I've got is the historical account of the traveling ministry of Smith Wigglesworth in 1950-something, early 50s. And it said that Smith Wigglesworth would often, in the middle of his meeting, 
make an utterance in a heavenly language and then interpret it and see the Spirit move in powerful ways. And what I believe God is saying to us is that's what he wants to do. So let's have an expectation of faith to see it. Let's not fabricate it, but let's be submitted to allow God to work. Does that make sense? That's my testimony. Who would like to be the, the second person to come and share a testimony about the goodness of God? Yes, Michael, please come. Purple Mike. You can be Purple Mike. Stand over here so the camera can see you in the light. Thank so you. I, I guess all of these things are kind of little things, but together are kind of significant. Um, so what many of you might know by now is that we're moving um, up the road, actually. Just up there, a little way. Yeah. Um, and so um, because we're not selling our existing house, um, Providing it as a rental. Um, my gym trainer said, oh, someone I know is looking for a place desperately because the house that they're living in, they've been living, so it's a solo mum with, with a girl, uh, little boy, about two years old. <clears throat> um, they've been sharing a house with someone else, like a five bedroom. And the house is being, has been sold, and so I've got 90 days to move out. And then I posted on our family group that was looking for someone, and then Bev oh. um, uh, got in contact with me and said, oh, I've got my daughter, and it's actually the same person. Hi. It's the same person, so there's a high likely it's not signed and contracted or anything, that they'll be um, potentially living there, so they've got a place to live, in the grand and Bev has her own room, would have her own room. Wow. Separate from the house. Oh. Um, it's actually the nicest room, in my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah, so all these oh. things are actually working out perfectly. Because um, originally we were going to move in January, but yeah. um, things have changed for the tenants. Yeah, mostly from the tenants, but yeah. Awesome. Praise God. That's awesome. That's good. You know what? Here's the thought. You might, you, not you already are, but you, we might just be the answer to someone else's prayers. Rentals are really hard to get at the moment, and there is the hand of God orchestrating things through multiple circumstances, through multiple different ways for this family to have accommodation, and uh, Michael and Teresa were the answer in that case. The house was the answer to some prayers that I know were being offered up in the community. That's cool. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. Who else has got a test? Grace. Thank you, Grace. So this is from, like, long before lockdown, but... I was too nervous, and then I convinced myself, and then it was lockdown, so, you know. <laughs> um, at work, we were doing this, like, team-building exercise where we would, like, give words about the other person, like, encourage them and uplift them. And I've always prayed that I'd be, like, a light in my workplace, um, you know, like a real peace for everyone. But I'd kind of forgotten about it. And then a lot of the words were, like, peaceful and calming and, like, all of that. And then I was like, that's weird. So I don't feel like I'm that at work. <laughs> um, and then everyone's like, oh, no, you're, like, so peaceful. And, like, whenever you're around, it's, like, always calm. And, like, it's really nice to have you around. I was like, okay, that's weird. And then I felt like God reminding me of my prayer. And then, yeah, it's really encouraging because I'd obviously forgotten all about it. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Very good. God is answering our prayers and using us in the workplace. Thanks, Gary. And we'll give you this one. We'll use the brown mic for Gary. I'm not scared of these things. No, you're not scared of microphones, I know. Um, 
people who don't I mean, know me, I work from home. I'm a draftsman. Last COVID, um, this, I don't, I'm not, don't participate in this stuff, but I was, ended up working on a farm for the whole time. The work just shut down completely. This time, um, my daughter phoned me to tell us that we were in COVID because we've actually But um, I've had so much work, working from home, just not advertising, just that I've had to turn work away. Why, really? So it's awesome. Wow. God is good. God is good. Amen. God is providing. God is the provider. God is the provider. Janet, please come. I'll give you the nice purple mic. I'm saying this not for your sake, but for the guy at the back. Thank you. This is just little, really, but I could feel the Lord prompting me to share it. Um, we were supposed to be on holiday next week catching a plane and um, uh, actually today was supposed to be my nephew's wedding in Auckland and he shifted it to next week in the middle of our holiday. And um, a couple of weeks ago when I got the news, I um, was pretty disappointed because we had quite a few breaks away, um, cancelled and due to circumstances. And anyway, um, we'd already paid the deposit was quite large and um, really struggled with it actually personally and I'd been uh, looking at Matthew 5, Matthew 6 about the qualities of a Christian which are um, blessed are the meek, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the poor in spirit and um, Fraser said oh it's a no-brainer you've got to go to the wedding, Uh, we'll cancel our holiday and uh, so I did and uh, just heard the other day that that, um, the travel agent said she managed to sell on our tickets and we got our deposit back. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Yeah, amen. Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Praise God. He takes care of things. Yeah, Fraser, come on. You can tell your version of the story. (laughs) Or a different story, maybe. Here's here's the brown microphone for Fraser. And this is Simon. He's part of the story. He's always part of the family. Here you go, mate. Uh, managed to put through uh, some of the most liberal abortion laws without really serious debate. Uh, so New Zealand's got one of the most liberal abortion laws in the world at the moment. It means that uh, you can actually terminate your baby right up to term. You can, if your baby, if they have a botched abortion and the baby is born alive, you can actually kill the baby. Um, and that is actually legal in New Zealand now. Uh, and that got sort of whipped through... Um, Parliament last year under lockdown. Now this year under lockdown, uh, the government tried to do a similar thing with uh, conversion laws um, in terms of uh, gender, um, and, uh, where if in fact you've got a child who wants to change their gender identity, um, they can do that without the parent's permission. Um, and so they can undergo hormonal treatment and even surgery while they're still children um, without parents' permission. And in addition to that, um, if, you, if any person who happens to uh, want to change their lifestyle from being gay to straight under the persuasion or prayer of Christians, uh, that will be seen as illegal. And so that was a real, that was a real worry, I thought, um, and that would really affect us as, as Christians. Um, but unfortunately, they haven't been able to pass it because there have been no less than 100,000 
submissions, uh, which means that it's held up, uh, held the whole process up. So at least we're going to get some decent debate about it. So, so thank you, Lord. Amen. God works through the people, the voice of the people. That's exactly right. Amen. Where'd that come from? Okay. Yes, Joanne, on the blue microphone, which we'll just turn on. On Sunday, we went to that meeting where it was for all churches at uh, the race course. Everybody could go. So, of course, I'm there. <laughs> there was, uh, and uh, I was sitting in the, in the pews, and I just felt this warmth just go through me, just from the top coming down. And I thought, oh, Lord, that's you. Because sometimes I'm confused because at my age, that heat can mean something else. <laughs> so, so I get a bit confused sometimes. But now I know that one comes up and this one comes down. So, <laughs> so I learned that lesson sitting in that pew. <laughs> so anyway, it came down. I thought, yes, that's peace. I, I know that one. <laughs> so thank you, Lord. <laughs> so that's jokes aside. But... And so I thought, what are you doing? Why? You don't just do that for nothing, you know? And the next thing, the evangelist called me up. And so I went up and he said, oh, I'm getting allergies and sinuses. I said, oh, really? That's, no, I'm not sure. I used to have that, you know? But he says, yeah, I'm getting it. You, you need to breathe properly. So he laid hands on me and I went down. He sent me to his wife, actually. His wife prayed for me. And I went down and I came up and I realized I wasn't breathing well. Because when I got up, man, I could breathe. <laughs> it was like, immediately, it was like, some, everything here, I don't know what, but man, that air was getting through. Like, I didn't know it could get through. <laughs> so, I had a healing I didn't know I needed. So, awesome. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. God is very keen to bring healing. Even sometimes we don't know we need healing. Awesome. Thanks. This is great. Stu, on the purple microphone. God works with me with little things, I think. Yeah. Um, during, during lockdown, I was heading to work, getting ready to go to work, and I thought, where's my phone? So I thought to myself, okay, I'll backtrack, as you do, and I'll walk around the house trying to figure out where it was, and I thought to myself, can't find it. Is it in the car? And then I remembered I was talking to someone on it the night before. I'm standing in my room with an iPad there, and I'm going, is my phone, find my phone, going to be close enough to find my phone? And I said, Lord, I just need a bit of help here. Next minute, a text went, and it was in my sweatshirt from the night before right beside me. <laughs> God does work with technology, would you believe? God works in small things. Diane, please come and share. That'd be great. On the blue mic. Hello. Um, all my life, quite from. About two and a half weeks ago, I had an operation. And before, before I went, I had this real fear. 
If I died in this operation, I'd be going to heaven. And God said to me, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And um, I asked him, after I'd had my operation, I had plenty of time on my hands, and I just knew I needed to get closer to God. And I asked him to help me to understand. I went into Ephesians. Help me to understand scripture. And he's so good. He gave me pictures, which for me is great because it settles in my spirit deeper. And um, I was just looking out. We've got a bird feeder out there, and so it's this little sparrow. He picked a small amount and just was looking around all the time and then flew off. And I felt like. It's me. I I have a fear of getting too close to God, too close to God, <laughs> and just then if I do have a close encounter, then I just pull away. Five minutes later, I saw at the bird feeder all these birds, and they were just hoeing in, <laughs> and um, no fear at all. Yeah. And I just felt like God gave me three words, but I can't remember this. Third one, confident. I want you to be confident, courageous. And I'm not sure what the other one was. And um, then later on in the day, I heard this child crying. So I went for a walk down to the mailbox. And as I was coming up, um, I saw there was a few weeds in my fuchsia pots. And so I went to pull them out. And there was some weeds that were really, really easy. And they came up really easy. But there was this one that was really hard to pull out. And it was just like um, God was showing me that there are things in my life that are shallow and easy to take care of, but there are those deep ones that need to have that little bit more exertion to pull out. Yes, so I've been really blessed and I've just been just, you know, um, honing in and just getting into the word and, yeah, just having a great time, yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, what I love about testimonies is they're evidence of God working, and um, they're also signposts. In the, in the Gospels and in the book of Acts, we read a lot about signs and wonders. Do you remember? Did anyone read that in the Bible? Just me. Wave at me if you've read that. Okay, all right, so it is there. Cool, just make sure I've got the right Bible. But we, we, we read about signs and wonders. Jesus performed miracles as signs and wonders. The disciples after Pentecost, well, before Pentecost, before the cross, they went out and they said, look, they, we saw miracles and healings and signs and wonders. Well, a sign points to something. Your miracle, your testimony is a sign that points to him. And now why do we have signposts? These days, we're, we're spoiled because we get out our phone and we say, hey, Siri, take me to such and such, and she tells you where to go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Shh. 
But before we had the person whose name I won't mention, we had to rely on signposts to get us to the right destination. And I think in the church we've been too spoiled, not just by technology, but by things that make it easy for us to abdicate our responsibility for our own faith to find our own destination. Why I like testimonies is that they are signposts that point to him. So that those that would hear them, those who have an ear to hear and a heart to receive, would hear the testimony and see the sign that points back to the one who is the giver of the miracle, that they too would find their way to him. We need testimonies of signs and wonders that become signposts that point people to their saviour. So never shrink back. Yep, please. Please come, Yako. Please come. We'll select a purple microphone for you, my friend. Stand in the light and give your testimony. Thank Working. you. Working? Yes, great. Um, actually, I just want to um, connect to what um, Fraser talked about earlier. Um, this um, conversion therapies bill um, that wanted to be rushed through again during lockdown, lock, lockdown time. And so we were, as Christian schools, um, prompted by the New Zealand Christian Schools Association to... to to make a submission um, on this uh, bill. And so they also in the, uh, um, encouraged us to, to tick the box to say that we want to make a verbal submission of this, or an oral submission. And gullible old me um, made the submission on behalf of the board of the school and also, yeah, and also ticked the box to make the oral submission, not thinking that there would anything come of it. Anyway, so I was called by the lady from the Justice Ministry, uh, Department of Justice, asking me to make this oral submission to a select committee of parliament. And so I did, um, with a lot of prayer and a lot of people praying for me in, in this. And, and it is just so great to hear this um, prayer this morning, to hear that that bill has been, I don't know, whether it's been stalled or postponed. Um, and I believe that is because there are a number of people out of obedience that, that stood up and spoke. I, I was very afraid to, you know, I was actually discouraged by some to mention the Bible in any way or to mention God in any way, but I still did. And um, there were a number of people, I'd, because I made a submission, I had um, access to the, to, the full, to the whole day's submissions. It went from nine o'clock in the morning till five in the afternoon. And I listened in for probably an hour at least after I made my submission. And just speaker after speaker after speaker just spoke so clearly from the Bible, so clearly from God. Wow. Um, from this is what God wants. Yeah. What I pointed out during my submission was that this was a pattern of things happening over the last two years, and I could highlight um, what, what this government is trying to do at the moment. I'm not a politician. I'm not here trying to put a, a political message out there. But the pattern is concerning. Not one bill on its own, but what we're seeing long term. And it, it's time for Christians to stand up. I'm not talking soapbox stuff. I'm talking... Be obedient. When that call is in your life to speak up for what is right, for what is biblical, yeah. please do so. And then we hear results like this. So keep praying into this. Um, keep praying that, that Christians will be serious about what we're on about, about biblical truths. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Yako. Yeah, that was an interesting week. I'm reminded of the story of uh, a girl that you might remember called Esther. 
and uh, under, under bondage, foreign land, oppressed, but chosen. And when the ruling authority extends its scepter of power toward you because of the grace of God, you have very little option, I believe, except to step forward. Because Uncle Mordecai says to his young charge, perhaps you were chosen for such a time as this. And she advocated for God's people based on God's word and moved the actions of the ruling king because the favor of God was at work through her obedience. So I share that with you to endorse Yako's uh, plea, exhortation, and affirm him as one who was obedient because when he was selected, he went. Perhaps you were chosen for such a time as this. I wonder when you will have the scepter extended toward you. Maybe in your workplace, when your boss says, hey, I want you to take this promotion. Maybe it's in the community where someone says, hey, I'd like you to, to lead this, this netball team or to be in the workplace as an influencer in the workplace. Maybe it's, it's in your family. God says, I already extended my scepter towards you, Dad. Be Dad to the kids. Be leader to your wife. Be a role model in your community. For perhaps you were chosen at such a time as this, for such a time as this. Each one. Bring who they are in obedience, and God will do mighty things. The narrative of Scripture is full of testimonies like that. And may our church be full of testimonies like that. May our community be full of testimonies like that. May our nation be full of testimonies such as we just heard. People after people after people bringing the word of God to shift things. I hope you're encouraged because I really am. That was awesome. Thank you. Richard, please come. Howdy, my. It's your purple microphone. Purple. I had the privilege of connecting with uh, our son and his fiancée um, last week, maybe a week ago, um, down at a retreat centre uh, near uh, Nelson. And as part of what I, we were doing there, we were um, up in the bush uh, building and repairing tracks that sometimes the pigs had destroyed um, or, or just erosion, weather processes. And um, I got to work on a corner of a track that, that went down and around, and it was just a, a massive slope where you, if you'd normally walk along, you know, you'd, you'd slip off, and it was, it was really steep. And around the area, there were a bunch of stones um, that I thought might, you know, we could use and I drove some pegs into the ground and started building it up. And a number of these stones, you'd put them in and they'd be sandstone and they'd be soft and they'd, they'd break up. And I was just um, 
kind of at my wit's end, not knowing what to do next, when I saw this great big stone down the slope a bit. And it was a really heavy one, and um, it took a couple of us to get it on up there. And I plonked it into place, and it sat there solid. And it was a really, you know, really big and solid. It was the right kind of stone, and it was in a position that you could walk down the hill and around and be safe, and you could also use it to put your foot on and, and step up. And around that stone, I could build, I could put other stones in place, and uh, they would find their place and support it. But the essence was this kind of foundation stone. And um, in my personal study, I've been looking at how um, we are a temple of living stones and how Jesus is, he's the builder and he's the headstone, the capstone, but he's also the foundation stone. Yeah, good. Very good. And, and it was a real object lesson, it, it, you know, like a two or three hour lesson from God, really, <laughs> pointing out with a natural sign. Mm, 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 mm. Um, just, just how, unless we're laying our foundation on Jesus, we are wasting our time. All those other rocks would crumble and decay and fall away, but this unique one stood there. Um, and uh, if you give me a moment, I'm just, uh, this scripture came to mind. Sorry. I've been talking too long because um, my phone switched off. Um, in, in 1 Corinthians 3, um, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one of you should build with care. Now here's the verse that sprang to mind. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Wow. Isn't that a, That's a word for our lives, but it's also a word for our nation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Very good. So God said at the beginning that he was going to uh, invite us off script. And um, so, you know, our response is to follow the wind of the Spirit, which I believe we're doing today, and I'm delighted about it. And I pray if you're at home and you're watching this today live, Sunday morning, or you're watching it later on, I pray that these are speaking to you and encouraging you um, as these ones bring who they are to share for your benefit and your blessing. Um, there's a couple of things. I drew in. Purple mic. Trying to ignore the Lord, but it's not working. So. Don't do that. So, so I'm a bit out of breath because I've been trying to ignore the Lord. <laughs> Sorry. Um, this is not easy to share. That's why I'm trying to ignore the Lord. <laughs> um, he's been talking to me about idols. <laughs> and I always thought idols as something tangible, something physical, something you can see. And um, he did a partial healing for me with the diabetes, and I was walking it in faith. And then the next thing, my blood sugars were 32, and uh, it was really high. And I was so despondent, so discouraged. So I just went down, boom, fast. And I thought, what is going on, Lord? What is going on? What is this? And I said, Lord, you've got to show me, because you're not one who gives and takes away. You're one who gives. And um, so it had to be me. So I 
sought the Lord about it, and uh, Louise is really good at talking things <laughs> straight. So, and she's been talking to me about idols. And so I thought, well, maybe there's an idol. And so I went before the Lord and I, I asked him, if, is there an idol? Because with an idol, he doesn't take it away. You've got to. You've got to put it down. You've got to get rid of it because you put it there before him. And I realized that sugar and junk food was an idol in my life and that because I turned to it before I turned to him. I always turned to that for comfort instead of turning to God for comfort. And that is why I'm in the position I'm in. It's because I had that idol. You see, he healed me then. He gave me that healing, and I was walking it in faith, and it was working wonderfully. And then I turned to the sugar and that chunk food again. And I, I, I lost the healing because of that, because I still had that idol. I hadn't dealt with the root. You see, it was just like a, an ointment on the top. And that's what he was telling me all along with the diabetes, was that if I followed the diet... I would be healed, I would be good and solid, you know, I would go and then I just took it as freedom to now go back to the sugar and the, and the stuff and he's shown me to turn to him first and to lay down that idol and so I went into prayer and somebody needs to hear this, that's why he wouldn't let me not share it, so I hope you're hearing it, um, you lay down that idol before God, he doesn't take it away, yeah. you've got to conquer it, you've got to put it down, and then he gives you the strength to walk it out afterwards, that you no longer face that idol anymore, but we've got to lay it down. Amen. Amen. Very good. Very good. Thank you. That's awesome. In, uh, in a couple of weeks, actually, no, next week, we're going to start a new series called Embracing Holiness. Embracing Holiness. And uh, one of the messages that I'm preparing will be about Aiken Silver. You see, the people of God had crossed the Jordan. The people of God were in the promised land. The people of God had already seen the Lord defeat Jericho, which they occupied. No, they didn't occupy it, got destroyed. But then they lost the next battle because there was an idol in their midst. Very good testimony. Embracing holiness, their invitation is to embrace holiness and God will come and join us in our efforts, but he does require us to say yes. So a couple of things that I'd like to do uh, while we remain together this morning. The first one is uh, I'd like us to uh, come around the communion table and I've asked Marge, oh, I think you might have got voluntold, but um, the result is Marge is going to share communion, uh, lead us around communion this morning. Um, so Marge is going to come and do that. And uh, Paul, would you mind getting the lectern for me, please, from the corner? Thank you, mate. Um, Marge is going to come and uh, use the purple microphone um, to share communion. And then we're going to... Purple Bible even, oh, yeah, look at yeah. that. And then once we've had communion together, we're going to have a time of worship where we bring Jesus back into the middle of it all. And uh, so uh, thank you, Marge. Who loves a good love story? A love story, yeah. I used to read Mills and Boone. And then I had to stop because it was working out right in front of me with Pima's brother and his girlfriend. The, the choice was between Alistair, the farmer, good-looking, handsome, rugged, perfect future, and my brother, lanky, grosser boy, always on his bike, running cross-country when he wasn't in his dad's shop, had a heart of gold. My brother won. Meantime, 
Chris, my now sister-in-law, heartache, sleepless nights, talking to me about her feelings for my brother, thank you, Stirring her thought, sharing her thoughts of um, admiration for both of them. I knew Alistair as well. Just trying to come to a decision of who to choose. So today, we've got a similar story. We've captured the attention of a more powerful suitor, so much more than any one of us could ever be. His name is Jesus. So I feel we need to enter into this divine romance with a bit of commitment. So I've gone to Song of Songs, chapter 1. Just a few verses in it, just a few words from each verse. I've used the Passion Translation. I think that's why the book's purple. Not sure. Um, verse 1, uh, sorry, 3 says, Your presence releases a fragrance so pleasing. Hey, folks, if you want to smell the fragrance of his presence, you need to get close. Verse 4, draw me into your heart, she says. This is her desire, her longing for our Lord. Do you long for your Lord who gave his all for you? Verse 5, she keeps talking. This is the Shulamite woman. And she says, Jerusalem maidens, in this twilight darkness, I know I am so unworthy, so in need revelation of her own sinfulness. She suddenly realizes and sees just how sinful she actually is. Let him conquer your sin. Let his love in. In verse 5, she continues. No, sorry, the, sh the shepherd king continues. He interrupts her, actually, and says, yet you are so lovely. Here I am, this dreadful, sinful person I've just realized says, yet you are so lovely. Then she continues and says, I feel as dark and dry as the desert tents. What's this darkness? Have you ever felt rejection, shame, guilt, unworthy? Have you not been spending time with Jesus because you're too busy? The shepherd king comes back in and responds. He says, yet you are so lovely. This time he adds more. He says, like the fine linen tapestry hanging in the holy place. Fine linen, that's your righteousness. This is what Jesus sees in us through the blood that was shed on the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him, connection, we might become the righteousness of God. The woman continues in verse 6, and she says, please, don't stare at me in scorn. It's, she feels now that everything she feels inside can be seen by all of you. She starts to speak to her friends of her feelings, the rejection, the quarreling with her brothers, the busyness, all keeping her from time, spending her time with her God. Then she describes her desire for her shepherd king. She calls him, in verse 6, the lover of my soul. She continues talking to him, and then at the end she says, 
It's you I long for, with no veil between us. None of these dark things between us. In the next verse, he says, listen, my radiant one. That's us, radiant ones. He sees us as radiant. And then he proceeds to tell her how to connect with him. In verse 9, he's got some words which he's speaking to the Shulamite woman, but hey, this is for every one of us here and online as well. My dearest one, that's you. You are so thrilling to me. Thrilling? Thrilling? Really? Thrilling to Jesus? Yes. Then he says, um, it looks like, it's like looking at Pharaoh's horses. Well, the horse is his bride, and, and the horses are the, ma- the beauty and the strength and the majesty. And he sees that when he looks at us. Pulling royal chariots, chariots embossed with gold. Gold is for kings and for royalty. Another little fact in there is that when the, the king's chariots went out in the field and the sun shone on them, it blinded the enemy. Verse 10 continues and says, your tender cheeks are aglow. That's your, f- people tell me I've got such an open face like they can tell what I'm thinking. Well, here we go. Your open glow is your emotions. It's how you're feeling. Your obvious, your heart condition. Your earrings, that's your grace gifts. Grace is hanging from you, stripping from you. And your gem-laden necklaces. The gems are royal authority, and the necklaces around your will, your neck. Your neck is your will. Verse 11, he says, the shepherd king says, we will enhance your beauty. We, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, will enhance your beauty. We're already, like, listen to what he said about us, and yet he will enhance us. And he said, encircling you with our golden reins of love, his divine character, the golden reins of love. Final um, line on that one is, you will be marked with our redeeming grace. How sweet is that? So verse 8 said, listen, my radiant one, imagine just for a second, if we took time out of our busy schedules to listen, what we would hear. Verse 12 starts, as the king surrounded me at his table. She's in communion now, spontaneous worship. This is where we're at this morning. So here, right now, we're at the king's table. We're about to partake of the bread and the wine. The symbols of his great love are for each one of us as we bring our worship to him. Let's just consider just for a minute what we've heard. Can you see yourself in this beautiful love story? Can you see yourself dressed as the king sees you dressed? Dressed? 
When you see yourself loved and accepted with all the darkness, warts and all, hanging off you, still to be called, yet you are so lovely. Oh, radiant one. And my dearest one. What a beautiful love story. Who would want to miss out on that one? Can we just pray and then I'll get Pastor Phil to come up and tell us how to take communion this morning. Lord Jesus, I draw near to you in this moment with the bread and the cup. I feast on your love and I drink on your tender mercies. I celebrate the love you have for me that was seen as you bled on the cross to pay for my sins. You pierced body, your pierced body, and the blood wounds draw me closer to the mystery of your love for me. I love the cross on which you died. Your sacrifice is so fragrant to me. Then you call me lovely and all radiant one. Lord, help me express this love by the way I live and by the way I speak. In Jesus' name. Thank you. We're going to um, invite you now to, to partake of the communion emblems. Uh, and uh, we've got a couple of people that are going to um, hand you a cracker with tongs so that you don't have to get your grubby mitts in the bowl. Uh, and then you can take a cup uh, for yourself. Um, please um, come up in your bubbles. Um, but also just be, as I said at the beginning, be respectful of someone else if they want some space. Um, and then um, we'll get you to take that back, and then we're going to finish with a song together, um, an oldie, Jesus at the Centre, because today, I really wanted to finish today with us putting him in the centre of our lives. And so uh, please come now and uh, take, take some juice and then take a cracker and uh, share communion together as we remember Jesus. Thank you.